Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash and we are coming to you as always from the Woodworth Building in beautiful downtown Owasso, home to my company, AZ Business Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. Now I'm joined today, uh, I'm excited about our guest today, one of my favorite people to talk to, someone that we rarely have uh, a break in the in the conversation, never at a loss for words, and that is Laura Archer. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. We had you on last season, but you know, we just didn't get everything out that we wanted to talk about. We had more things that need to be said. Absolutely. And so we wanted to come back and do this again. Um, but Laura is the president of the YMCA in Owasso, very, very, very involved in the community. And we'll get deeper into that here in a little sure. bit. And if you want to know even more, you can go back and watch the other episode because we talked a lot about your journey. Yes. But how are things going in your life right now? How are things? How's everything? Going really well. Uh, going really well. You know, the YMCA is a wonderful place to be. You know, I was was thinking about talking with you today, and I think one of the words that best encapsulates what it's like every day there is we're surrounded by motivation. People are motivated <laughs> to be there. Um, you know, we're a community organization housed in a fitness center. Yeah. And so people come, and it's just a, it's a great place to see a cross section of our community. Uh, and it provides a lot of jumping off points for some of the other work that the YMCA does. So it's, it's the YMCA work is going great. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. People, the, all the people that are trying to be a better version of themselves. And you're probably going to see a lot more people here in a couple of weeks, right Absolutely. after the new year, everyone jumps in with those new year's resolutions and the Y will probably be packed for a couple of weeks. It will, it'll get busier, <laughs> but you know, there's space for everybody. And, yeah. you know, I'm just excited that the YMCA is so recovered from you know being closed for six months with COVID, and that everything is as smooth as it is. So yeah, yeah everything's moving along. Got the youth leagues going again. Oh, got absolutely! All the, all the things are happening, so it's exciting for me to see that. Absolutely. Enjoying it. So it's almost Christmas time. It is. How are you feeling about Christmas? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Not at all. No. No, and well, I'm usually I'm a, I'm the type of person I usually shop year round. If I see something for somebody. I'll say, oh, that would be great for Tony, and I'll pick it up, and I'll put it in my bin. Yeah. Um, I'll be looking year, under my tree this year. <laughs> <laughs> this year, I just, I don't know, I just haven't gotten it together. So, But we have time. What, yeah. 10 days? I think so. Yeah. My, my daughter has a little countdown, how many nights sleep till Christmas, and I think I saw this morning, it's by the mantle, I think it's 10 days. Yeah. But, you know, we have six kids, so... Typically at this point we're panicking because we're like, oh man, I mean, we don't have, you know, I and mean, when you're, when you're buying for six kids, my wife and I determined like 10 years ago, we're just not going to buy for each other. We have too many right. kids to buy for. So, uh, but typically we get to this time, we're like, oh my goodness, you know, and even if you only buy like three or four gifts for the kids, that's, you know, 24 gifts. Sure, it's a lot. <laughs> so it's a lot. And typically we do a little more than that. So, but this year, you know, my wife is like really ahead of the game. She's been buying stuff since September. Um, we got, got some wrapping done yesterday. So the tree has been decorated since before Thanksgiving presents around the tree. We have a few things left to get, but I okay. feel like we're, we're prepared this year. I'm First a little time. jealous. Yeah. I don't have a wrapped gift, but you know, my <laughs> girls were little. I started, um, a rule at Christmas that if baby Jesus could live with three gifts, Right. on his first Christmas, <laughs> that they could get three gifts. 
But and one so of those was gold, so. Well, yeah, I don't give them gold. <laughs> if we could give them well, some... sometimes, sometimes, you know, they get something to wear, something to read, sure. and something to play with. So the play with piece has gotten really interesting as they've gotten into their 20s. But so the, sh the shopping part is just figuring out if I'm limited to those three gifts, what exactly I want them to have. That's part of my challenge yeah. is I, you know, I want to make sure that they're they're memorable and they're they're what they want without asking them what they want. Yeah. So it's been fun. And as they've expanded and, you know, we, we have a son-in-law and, you know, a, a boyfriend of another daughter, it's it's fun to, to buy gifts in that same pattern. And then the grand the grandbabies are a whole different story. But yeah. I think I've got most of it, the shopping done, but it's finishing the tree the and doing and the, the baking decorating. and the wrapping. And, yeah. you know, we send Christmas cards. And so it becomes cool. a whole thing. Yeah. But it just doing every piece of it brings me joy. It's just slowing down and being still enough to get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. Well, I think you should get your, your daughters gold, frankincense and myrrh. I think those would be three great gifts that they would love that. I don't know if you can get frankincense anymore. I really don't even know what it is but, or it, myrrh. <laughs> I think you can, but I'm not sure that they would like the smell of them. Yeah. So. Now, actually, you know, I did when I was in, I spent a couple of weeks in Israel and I got to, I think it was frankincense. I got to smell it and it is pretty It's What's well, very pungent. Pungent is the yeah, right word. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. So do you guys do Christmas up? Is it a big thing for you or are you guys it big Christmas people? It always has been. You know, I grew up um, and my parents were both high school teachers. So we had, you know, time before Christmas when it was just my brother and I home with our, you know, our mom and dad getting things ready for Christmas. And it was the one time where we were guaranteed to see our cousins and, you know, family would come back in out of town. And yeah. so when I was a kid, it was always a magical you know, week or weekend or whenever Christmas was, and we'd all go tobogganing together or whatever it was. Um, and so I tried to continue some of those same traditions, you know, in my own family. And it's morphed and changed as, you know, family structures change and we get more people in the family. But Christmas is a big deal to me because yeah. it, it is family time. Right. And it's that time of year when, you know, I always, I know people feel pressure and it makes some people sad. And that, you know, that's, that's sad to me, yeah. but for me, it's always been a time of joy and family and giving yeah. and to be able to see a community like ours give back to each other, you know, cause we see it all the time, adopting families and, and that sort of thing. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, it's just a wonderful season of giving yeah. and, and I love being able to, you know, maintain and, and create new traditions with, with my own um, yeah. Maybe a family. That's fun. Yeah, no, I mean, we have always done a big Christmas tradition. My grandmother, uh, who's not with us anymore, she was such a big Christmas person. I mean, we would go to her house on Christmas Day in the evening. And I think the last Christmas when she was with us, we had like 70 people in her house because she had six kids and oh they all gosh. had kids and then grandkids and great grandkids. Right. And she managed on her little fixed income every year to buy one, at least one thing for every single person. And she was so happy to just give those gifts. So to us, it was always just such a good memory. Oh, sure. The food, the family, right. the presents, um, you know, just the time together, the mm -hmm. games, the music, uh, singing together. It was just always a lot of fun. So we always try to do it up big. And, and now we are trying to create our own traditions. We had, like I said, six of our own. So, um, but are you more of a, so, so my wife and I were talking about this. Cause I mentioned earlier that we don't buy for each other. Right. I actually don't like getting gifts on Christmas. I love to give gifts. I love watching people open gifts. But I am the worst, like if someone gave me a gift that I absolutely loved, I don't know how to react. I don't ever know how to like, and I feel like I'm I'm not giving it enough uh, gratitude or appreciation. Sure. So like the awkwardness of opening a gift, I'd rather just like show up and be able to hand out gifts like Santa 
instead of like getting gifts? Are you a, more of a receiving gifts or a giving gifts type person? Well, I love to give gifts more than I receive mm -hmm. them, but I love watching the expression on my husband's face or on yeah. our daughter's faces, you know, or e even my dad's face as I open a gift and they think it's the perfect gift for me. Yeah. And you know, you, it's hard to say thank you sometimes in a meaningful yeah. way, but <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like both, but I'd, I'd rather give than receive, but I love that somebody has thought about me yeah. and picked out what they think is the perfect gift. And uh, whether it's the perfect thing I would have bought for myself is irrelevant because right. at that moment it becomes the perfect thing. Yeah. I like the, I, I like the thoughtful gift yes. more, you know, to me, like something that somebody thought of, I saw this and I thought of you, that's really cool. I always appreciate it, especially when it comes from my kids. You oh, know, of course. They think of it. My, my, uh, my youngest ones at, at our church, our kids have this thing called patch the pirate club and they do it on Wednesday nights and they can earn um, they call them patch bucks throughout the year for doing like their books or they're doing their right. little verses or whatever right. they can earn them. And then right before Christmas, a bunch of people from the church donate a bunch of really nice stuff. And the kids go through the patch store with their oh, patch that's bucks a and really they can cool get gifts idea. for their parents. Yeah. So like every year, my kids, you don't obviously have money in there in elementary school. They're able to buy us all something and then they help them wrap it. And it's really cool. So it's always interesting a lot of ties get donated, so I've gotten some pretty interesting ties over the You don't the even year. wear ties, do you? <laughs> not not anymore. I used to wear a tie every single day, but I avoid ties at all possible anymore. But um, but yeah, I mean, just to see what they thought of as they walked sure. through the patch through the thing that they thought of, what they gave to me, I always enjoy that part yeah. of it. So I like the little trinket gifts. Yeah, I do too. Well, and now that we've got two grandsons, the homemade gifts are the best yeah you know and they're not old enough to make them themselves but we've gotten some great things with handprints and you know their little feet prints i just pulled out the uh christmas plate that has their handprint and footprint decorated like a christmas tree yeah you know with their names in the year and that's something i'll cherish forever sure so yeah the, the thoughtful I, gifts are, are what what are most important the older i get the more sentimental i get about those things those little oh yeah those little trinkets absolutely and, i agree so do you have something that you've asked santa for this year that you're hoping to see under the tree this year you know what i haven't okay me i either. haven't me i just <laughs> it's i keep thinking about about other people and you know my favorite one of my favorite things to do at christmas time is the stuff stockings mm -hmm. and my wife loves that too and i just thinking of you know the little cool things i want to put in the kids christmas stockings and um i don't know that's a lot more fun than thinking about what i need you know but yeah. as a grown adult if i if i need or want something <laughs> just go get it yeah. i just go get it <laughs> right. you know or or you know or go without which is fine too but it's not I don't even think anybody asked me what I wanted for Christmas this year. I just asked you. You did, yes. So thank you. <laughs> so everyone knows. If I think of something, I'll <laughs> yeah. make sure I let you know because you still have time. I do. I still have time. We have 10 days. 10 well, days. by the time this airs, it's going to be like seven days yeah. or six. So, there you yeah. Go. All right. So, why don't you, uh, you know, outside of our love for Christmas and what we're looking forward to, um, just give our audience a little bit of refresher on on who you are, what you're involved with, other than the YMCA, some of the things you're involved sure. with in our community. So um, I've been working in the community since 1994, believe mm -hmm. it or not. I believe it. You know, I started at Baker as an adjunct and was there for 20-some years and then started at the Y five years ago. And through that time, I've been involved with a lot of different organizations. Um, I was chair of Respite Volunteers Board for a while. I ran for them one um, November as Ice Queen and uh, so Respite Volunteers is a place, is an organization that, you know, is dear to my heart. I've been involved with American Red Cross for a long time. Um, I'm not currently on the Chamber Board of Directors, um, which has, has been, you know, a great experience. 
we just celebrated 120 years amazing. of the chamber being here. Wow. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And so, um, but in addition to that, I think the thing that impacts the work that I do and what I'm most passionate about is to be part of the nonprofit capacity building program that's funded by the Cook Family Foundation mm -hmm. and partner with Nonprofit Network out of Jackson. And they have some fabulous nonprofit consultants and we meet pretty regularly, you know, the, the nonprofit capacity building group meets once a month. We were meeting regularly face to face and now um, we do Zoom, hopefully returning to face to face. But it's great to be involved with an organization like that, that helps me kind of check, check my understanding of what's going on in the community. Yeah. You know, so all the other nonprofit executive directors uh, or presidents, uh, are, a lot of them are part of that group. Um, it's mostly the group that that just did raise up Shiawassee for giving you know as yep. a part of the raise up Shiawassee group, which we really just had is Emily a, on the podcast. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I actually I watched that one. Did you? Yeah, and it was a great podcast. But again, she's a fabulous human she's being. She's awesome. Yeah. So um, that really is what I think helps <clears throat> keep me focused and uh, energized to do a lot of the work that I do at the Y. I know a lot of people, you know, decades ago, the Y was really only known as a fitness center and in a, pro, a place for youth programming. Mm -hmm. But um, since COVID, you know, we still feed people. Um, we're still part of a lot of other support programs and, and connected to a lot of other agencies, kind of as a community hub. Mm -hmm. uh, so that we, you know, our front desk has resources available if somebody comes in and has a question about this issue or that need. And so we're really excited to be able to be connected that way. But that's part of what I love the most about my job Yeah, is that if there's a need in the community, the YMCA might not be able to be the, the commu or community organization to address it, but we can be part of the conversation and then at least share resources as they become available. Yeah. And I think that's extremely important, no matter what you're doing, that you're finding an outlet to either give back or do something that has a bigger purpose than just your own success or your own wealth or your own, you know, little spot on this planet, uh, having a bigger passion or something that you're trying to fulfill that, that reaches beyond you, Absolutely. I think is so much more fulfilling. And I think people, until they realize that and understand that, that they're missing out on a whole segment of, of joy and, and life and gratitude that you really don't experience. And so, you know, I'm a very driven person and I love what I do in my business, but like, my happiness is not attached to AZ Business Solutions, right. you know, what we're able to do for our community. I get the, the greatest joy from meeting with a, a, a new startup that has an idea and comes to us and needs help, you know, coming up with a logo and a website and helping them get their business off the ground sure. and seeing them succeed and being right. a part of that. Like that's the part of, of what we do that I enjoy the most. And so I think that no matter what you're doing in life, you got to find, you know, like I said, a, a bigger purpose beyond right. just serving yourself right. or else it will be empty. Well, and I think the other organization that, well, I'm actually president of it right now is the uh, Wasso Rotary Club. And the motto is literally for Rotary is service above self. Mm -hmm. And I have watched for years now, actually I always used to be envious when I worked at Baker because I think we had two or three Rotarians always, but I was never one of them. And I always thought that's such a cool group. I can't, I would love to be a part of it. And then when I started now you're the, the president. Y, yeah. 
It's a boss strange, move. Strange how things like that happen. <laughs> but it's a wonderful group of people from very diverse backgrounds, very diverse interests, very diverse passions. But we come together around service projects or fundraising to, to help the community. And I think that that service above self model is something that I think I've always lived, but I never knew. I, I yeah. couldn't articulate it that way. And so life is much more fulfilling when you can give back. And I'm just grateful you know, as we end 2022, that I'm connected to organizations that have that philosophy, but also that that's, that's my life work right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. to be able to help guide an organization to be that kind of organization. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate everything that you're involved in, everything oh, you're thanks. doing and uh, your involvement with the chamber is always a bit, you know, big for us and a help to us as a business. So we appreciate those things. Um, and so going back to the why, I know we're going into a new year. We talked yes. about, you know, people hit the new years and they start to think, all right, I need to get involved in something that's going to improve my health and fitness. That's mm -hmm. one of the number one, I think it is the number one New Year's resolution. Absolutely, you are so, correct. So what are uh, some things that you would want the community to know about the why right now, what you guys have going on? What are sure. some things available to people that they should be looking forward to in the coming new year? Well, one of the ex things I'm excited about is that we are opening up camp to our members for open trails days, which means you can go out there. If there's snow, you could um, snowshoe. Uh, people need to register ahead of time, but um, available now, um, starting right after Christmas on Friday, December 30th, members can sign up to go walk the trails or wow. run the trails or whatever they want out at camp. We just need to know, you know, and that's right now it's just for members. So I'm really excited about that. And if people are actually utilizing camp, you've been out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just, you know, 180 some acres it's of amazing. gorgeous, um, you know, natural land right along the river. You know, we have six miles of, it always amazes me, six line, miles of shoreline because we own on both sides of the river. So, so yeah. And, yeah, and so it's just, it's, it's an amazing location. So I'm excited to be able to offer that. But the biggest thing that'll change in January of 23 is we're going to be able to offer silver sneakers. Oh. And so for our, our, our older population and people just need to know what kind of, um, you know, Medic Medicare that they have. Mm -hmm. And so Medicare Advantage, and they can contact, you know, they can check out their own account and see. But basically what that offers is a free membership, uh, which includes access to the fitness facility or fitness um, center, uh, free group exercise classes. They would have access to certified personal trainers, which again is an additional cost, but they can do the free assessment, mm -hmm. you know, have somebody actually develop a workout plan for them. So we're really, really excited to be able to offer that for the first time. Uh, we have a silver sneaker certified instructor who will be doing, you know, some of the the um, low impact um, group exercise classes, you know, chair yoga, gentle yoga, that sort of thing. So we're really excited to be able to offer that. How does someone uh, determine if they qualify for that? Um, there's a 1-800 number that people can call, but they can also just stop in and they can the pick y. up a flyer from us at the Y. Okay. Um, it's on social media, but again, a lot of this pop, the older population, you know, isn't on social media like you and I are. And so it's sometimes best just to make the phone call to the Y or to just stop in stop and they in. can get the information. So we're really excited to be able to offer that. Um, you know, one in yeah, four Medicare deal. participants are eligible really for that free membership. Very cool. Yeah. Very and, cool. and it's great too. You know, we've noticed, um, you know, pre COVID we used to have people gather in our lobby and they would sit and drink coffee for a couple hours and just chat and, and catch up. And, you know, it's changed a little bit since, um, you know, we were closed for six months, but the YMCA is still a great place 
for individuals who are interested in the same thing, being healthier, to come together and, and work out together or be in group exercise classes together. And, you know, we have a, a core group of guys, gentlemen, whose paths probably would never have crossed otherwise, who are literally there every morning working out together now. Cool. And it is, it's really cool to watch. Yeah. I walk by the weight room and, and there they are. And <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's kind of, you know, they call themselves their own little crew. Yeah. And it's just, it's a cool place to come and feel and be part, part of something bigger than you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, we're really excited about that as well. And our other programs will continue. You know, we're doing, uh, we're just finishing up youth basketball right now. Uh, youth volleyball is coming up again. Judo continues. We've got gymnastics. Um, we've got some more for our little littles. We have a, a class that's called Zumbini. You've heard of Zumba. I have. Yes. So Zumbini is really for infants, toddlers, and a parent. And so the really? duo does this this class and it filled up within hours. And so we, we are offering that again. We'll actually do itty bitty. We, I think you probably know we do itty bitty soccer for two and three year olds. Yeah. We're actually going to be doing itty bitty basketball for three and four year olds in February. What size hoop are you going to use for that? Yeah. The littlest one. Yeah. I'd say that, that's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> well, you know, but you know, the YMCA, I mean, it's a great opportunity for kids to learn basics, but more importantly, learn what it means to be on a team. Yes. Um, what it means to be coachable mm -hmm. and, and sportsmanship. Yeah. And so, we're, we're really lucky. We've got some great volunteer coaches, you know, you've coached, yeah. um, and it's just a great opportunity. So a lot of that continues. Um, we're also, uh, for the first time offering open gym for homeschool groups. Oh yeah. And so it's just, you know, again, just trying to find, uh, those needs in the community connection points. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're really excited about some of that. Uh, last two weeks ago, we graduated our first live strong group. Okay. I don't know if you remember um, Live Strong is Lance the name Armstrong. of Lance Armstrong's yeah. uh, foundation and YUSA has had a partnership for almost three decades with that foundation. And Live Strong is a program for cancer patients and survivors. And so uh, the instructor goes through a certification process just to make sure that they, they understand you know the program um, and that they're qualified to actually help instruct people who have health concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for 12 weeks, they meet once, uh, twice a week for an hour and a half. Uh, we partnered with MSU Extension for the nutrition piece. So um, we were grateful that our MSU Extension partner came in, I think, five or six times. But the group, um, again, becomes that community within a community and, you know, trying to find a way back into what you and I would call a, a more healthy situation. And the ladies that we had were so grateful and were uh, for the experience because it's a free 12 week membership. Mm -hmm. And now when we see them in the Y, we all know them and they know us. And so really just trying to support them through that journey back to health. And and I'm just really grateful that, that we were able to offer it and we'll offer it again um, in March. Yeah. So that's something that, that we're excited about. So, well, lots going on. Absolutely. If you're, if you're watching, make sure you get involved. I know the why I've, I've been going to the Y since I was a very little kid. Um, some of my fondest memories of basketball happened at the Y. Now all my kids are always going mm -hmm. down there calling when's open gym, when's open gym. Right. My kids are down there playing. So we love having it in our community. We appreciate all the things you guys are doing. I also thought it was cool seeing the, you guys are doing the junior NBA yes. for the basketball. So the kids get to wear like the little 
NBA jerseys. They do. And and that's a pretty just, cool touch. It yeah. is really cool. And if you haven't seen any of the pictures on social media, I mean, I have. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's just, it's a cool experience. So well, you remember like before when I had little littles myself, I mean, I think at one season I coached four teams myself. You did. That was and, right when I, I had, was starting at the Y. I had all different kids of like, I had a third grader, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, an eighth grader. So I'm like, well, I got to coach them all. Yeah. Um, but what was cool about that? I mean, I love coaching. I find like I've had a lot of leadership roles in my life, but coaching, uh, it's like you have this built-in um, motivator of playing time, yes. which every kid wants. And so yes. they'll listen and they learn. Yes. And I always tell the coaches at our school, um, if you get through a whole season and all you taught the kids was you know, how to shoot the ball or how to pass or how to kick a ball or whatever, you really miss an opportunity because there's so many life lessons in sports. Absolutely. But I remember those days coaching those little kids and now like half of those guys are on my varsity team at school. And so... A lot of the things we worked on when we were little, they now mm -hmm. just know, and it's part of our, you know, our culture. And so, so if you get a chance to coach, uh, it, it will try your patience and your well, and your faith. But if you get a chance to coach, I think you should do it. You'll enjoy it, and use it as an opportunity to mentor these young ones. It's well, always and, a good thing. And we're really lucky because we have a great group of volunteers. Mm -hmm. You know, soccer coaches and and basketball coaches, and you know, our our judo. Uh, instructors. I mean, we just have a great group of adult volunteers who really want to give back to their community. And and the great thing is, is as you're aware, you know, as a YMCA, we offer financial assistance. And so we are the go-to place for a lot of families who couldn't afford to play sports otherwise. Right. And so to be that equalizing organization, I mean, that's, that's really important to us and our mission to be, make sure that all kids who want to play soccer, for instance, can. This past um, fall, Owasso Rotary started a sponsor a player program and other people participated as well. But basically they would pay the cost of uh, registration uh, and it, you know additional funds per player, but the kids would get brand new cleats, socks, shin guards, and a brand new ball and not have to pay for any of it. Wow. And so for some six, seven year old, can you imagine? Yeah. Not only do you get Huge. to play soccer, but you get your own equipment, yeah. not hand-me-down, you know, not secondhand, but you get your own brand new equipment. And so, but that's who the YMCA is. And that's, you know, people who donate to us know that that's what we use the resources for. Yeah. And something like that can change a kid's whole perspective on sports or athletics. I mean, I remember, you know, we grew up, my parents didn't have a lot, very blue collar. And, you know, I remember one year asking my dad, they had the Reebok pumps that came out in mm -hmm. the basketball shoes and right. they're like $110. Were you literally pumped? The yeah, yeah, you pumped yeah, the yeah, I remember. So, you know, my dad had this philosophy that, you know, shoes should never cost more than $40. So, <laughs> and to him, that was like high end. So they right. went and found some Spalding pumps at Payless and that's what they brought me and I got them. And I'm just like looking at all the other kids that had like the nicer shoes. And I just remember kind of feeling you know, as a kid, you're not trying to be ungrateful, but you look at what the other kids have. But I remember the first time I got some really nice, what I thought was really nice equipment, and it was basketball because I played a lot of different sports. But I remember getting a really nice pair of shoes and a basketball of my own, and that changed. Like I just began to love that game, and mm -hmm. so a kid experiencing that can really change their whole outlook oh, on absolutely. something. So that's really really cool. Well, and you know, we had more <laughs> kids play soccer in 2022 than we we have bef you know in in the recent past. And it's just, it's a great opportunity, you know, like with all the other youth sports as well, for kids to, to be part of something. Yes. And, and as to be active. It, to be active, 
You know, if you if you look at our focus areas, healthy living, youth development, and social responsibility, providing quality youth sports hits on all of them. Yeah. And so really we're we're really grateful that we have the the volunteers, but the 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 key to all that success is our senior program director Jen, who you Jen, know. Yep, Jen. Yeah, awesome. and she just I mean, she throws her heart <laughs> into it and I mean, it's just everything that she does is high quality and she's got um just some great again, great volunteers. Um, you know, she's got a great uh, partner in crime now, Tara Hermes works for us as well. And she has been, you know, a huge asset. So all the success that we see in that really goes back to, you know, Jen and her vision and her planning with, with support. But, you know, you've been connected to the Y long yep. enough that the other thing I have to say, I'd be remiss if I didn't, is that we have an amazing staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you do. they all you care do. about our members and the experiences that we're building for people. So it's it, that and, you know, the board support, I mean, it's just been a great opportunity to, to help lead that. And it's fun to watch a vision, my vision become, you know, other people get on board with yep. that. And, and so it's been, it's been an interesting year and a half, you know, or well, two years really since we reopened, but it's been, it's been good. So, but lots more to but come. You got through it. We did. You got lots more it. to come. Yeah. Well, look, looking forward to that. And you do have a great staff and shout out to Jen. Jen, you do a great job. Yeah. What we do. I know. There's a lot of work involved with running any type of league, especially youth leagues, and keeping the parents informed and the coaches all together. So good job. And, and I think, you know, from my perspective, you guys are doing an awesome job oh, down thanks. there. Keep up the good work. And uh, I think you should uh, take part in it. If you have kids, if uh, even if you don't, get involved. There's lots of things for everybody. So be involved with that. So uh, with all of our guests, we send a little questionnaire <laughs> to kind of – Get to know the person sure. behind the, the mic or the person behind the desk. A lot of times people kind of see us in the community and they kind of know who we are, but you know they don't know really who we are, right? right? And so I like to give everyone the opportunity to kind of dig in a little bit to some of the fun things in their life. And so we sent you this questionnaire. You were quick to respond. So I was glad to see that. Sometimes people are like, I don't know the answer to these questions, but well, I, they're I did, all about you. So Well, and I did, I think I noted that in some of the answers that some of them were answers that my husband helped me yes. come up with. Because uh, That's typical. People say yeah, my spouse had to help yeah, me with yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a whole lot easier to get somebody who knows you really well, get their yeah. opinions. So. Well, let's dig right into it. Okay. So the question we asked first is the favorite place you've ever been. You give a very detailed answer. You said in Switzerland. Yeah. We went on a riverboat tour on Lake Thune. Is that how Thun. you say it? Thune. Thune. Yes. Okay. Um, to Interlaken in the shadow of a cool mountain called the Nysen or the Swiss Pyramid. So yes. Very vivid. You know, you painted it. I can kind of see it. So tell us about it. Well, we were honeymooning. Uh, we'd spent the first 10 days in London, and then we were spending the the next 10 days in Switzerland. Sounds amazing. It, it was. You know, as somebody who got married again at 50, it was, you know, kind of the trip <laughs> of a lifetime. Yeah. But my husband had been stationed in um, Bern, Switzerland, as an embassy guard when he was in the Marines in the mid '80s, and he hadn't been back. And so we were actually, you know, visiting an old friend of his, and we went to the Nissan uh, one day. And so we're standing, you know, as we're taking this cable car, you know, in the in the picturesque. It's not the Alps, mm-hmm. but you know, it's what I would picture right. as a you know a Swiss mountain. We're taking this cable car up to the top, and I just keep watching it, and it, it looks exactly like a pyramid. I'll have to show you a picture yeah, sometime. Definitely. And as we get up to the top, you you know you walk all around, and and you know you're up in the clouds, and there's snow. You know this is September, but you know I'm all bundled up with my hat and my gloves, and I look over, and here's this beautiful lake, 
And our, our friend, you know, shared with us while we were up there that for our, our wedding gift, he had purchased us a riverboat cruise for the next day on that river. Wow. So, um, you know, we could, you could see uh, Lake Interlochen and then you could see this river. And so the next day we went to Toon uh, and took the riverboat down, you know, and, and again, it's just, it was exactly what I pictured small Swiss communities to look like up in the mountains and then spent, you know, time in tune touring the historic spots and time then in interlock and touring the uh, historic spots. You know, we got to see uh, a castle and watch people skydiving, maybe <laughs> hang gliding. That's oh, what it was off the edge of the mountain. <clears throat> And they would land in this huge open field. And we sat there eating an ice cream cone in the, you know, late in the afternoon before we had to head back, <laughs> watching dozens and dozens of people just hang gliding off the mountain. And some of them had guides, some of them didn't. And it was just, it was, I don't know, I, I, you keep using the word magical in my world, yeah. but it was a, like one of those magical days. And it, well, it sounds like it. It was. It was just really, really cool. I hope my wife's not listening because our honeymoon was nothing like High that. High expectations. Yeah, yeah, we're getting ready to celebrate. Well, we just celebrated 20 years this year, but I'm, I told her we got a nice trip coming. So I would love to do something like that. I'll have to talk to you about that. I've always wanted to go to Europe. I've traveled abroad yes. quite a bit, but never spent much time in Europe. So, But that sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> so speaking of snow, one of the random facts about you, you said is that you love snow, but you hate the cold. Accurate. And, and I can totally relate, but I only love snow on one day, oh, Christmas day. No, Christmas I, day has to have snow. We could get rid of the snow. I love to look at it, but I don't like to shovel it. I don't like to trudge through it. And it comes with cold. So it's kind of a mixed bag, you know? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the last part of the youper in me. Yeah. That, I mean, I just have, again, such great memories, memories. of being a kid when we would get, you know, the snow banks were taller than me. <laughs> And we'd build forts and we'd go sledding and, and ice skating. Oh, I never played King in the Mountain. <laughs> I was either. a wimp as a kid. <laughs> no, my brother knows that. If we would wrestle, the wrestling would end when Laura would start crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I do, I love snow. And I guess as a youper, I also have the right boots and the right coat and the right hat and gloves that I, I can put up with the cold. But, you know, I mean, like today it's gray and dreary. Yeah. I would rather have snow. If it's going to be cold and I'm going to sure. be bundled up anyway, let me put my snow boots on and enjoy the the pretty fluffy stuff. I can meet in the middle there. If it's going to be cold already, it does look better when there's snow. This gray mm -hmm. yeah, time of the year is always the worst. Um, but I am <clears throat> probably what you would call indoorsy. <laughs> I don't love being outside when it's cold. Well, I'm not either. a big snowmobiler, sledder, right. tobogganing you mentioned earlier. Like. <clears throat> not really my thing. I'm like, let's get in by the fire. Let's watch a movie. Let's have some hot cocoa. Well, but that's that's, kind the, of my that's thing. the balance. Yes. You know, I mean, we had a fire in my parents' fireplace almost every day in the wintertime when I was a kid. And so again, I don't know. I'm not, I don't consider myself a romantic, but maybe I am. And that's, you know, that's just the vision I yeah. have of how winter should be. Yeah. yeah. The winter wonderland. Yes, exactly. So now we're going to go to a warm desert island. We'll skip the cold. You're okay. stranded. You get one cd or mm -hmm. one it says one cd that and, was not hard to pick and you chose purple rain by mm -hmm. prince interesting mm -hmm. the whole life that's that's the one that's the one well it's, it's got a good vibe to it i i just again i think i wore out i first had it on cassette tape before cds were a thing <laughs> i have cassette tapes and i wore it out but it was the one i would listen to again aging myself in my walkman um <laughs> when i would like go for a jog yeah and i just i don't know i just 
I know it intimately. And I've, I had to think about what would I not get tired of listening to? And that was the, the one That's that the came one. to mind. You can listen yeah. to it all day, every day. I mean, day. I have other favorites too. But I'm not sure I'm always in the mood for something that's you only got as, one. Pick one, right? right? Yeah. Because it's got mellow stuff and other stuff that I know would energize me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other music I listen to is all high energy. Yeah, me too. You know, or I'm listening to classical, which I couldn't listen to all the time. Yeah. You know, so I'm, it's one or the other. It's a good choice. Yeah. I like it. So it was kind of the, the middle of the road, the one that, because again, I took the forever part seriously. Yes. That I would have to listen to it forever. <laughs> it won't drive you too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, isn't it funny that we used to like go for a jog with this giant like, cassette tape player on our hip, and we just thought we were how, so how cool do we not end it. up with huge bruises on yeah. our hips? How does it not fall right. off? Yeah, right. <laughs> pretty crazy. Okay, so totally irrational fear. You said this is funny. I get freaked out by alligators and vomit. Now you're a youper, so you never even saw an alligator right. growing up. But but not the combination, but just that they might kill me. If it was a combination, it would kill me. Yeah. So, so if an alligator was vomiting in front of you, that uh, would be like I would be over. life over. And I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know what it is. Well, alligators. I mean, you know, if you're kayaking in this in this cool on this cool little river in Florida, which is really where I've seen them, and they all start to slide into the water. Yeah. You know they're coming to get you. Yeah. So not a fan. No, not a fan. Yeah. And and I can appreciate them. You know, I had fun counting them when we drove down Alligator Alley with my daughters, yeah. but. No, Don't want to be near them. No. Yeah. No. All right. Favorite movie or TV show? You said the BBC's 1995 production of Pride and Prejudice is a yes. good one. Who doesn't love Colin Firth as Dr. Marcy or Mr. Darcy? Right. Dr. Marcy. Mr. Darcy. So tell us what you love about that movie. Well, I think, you know, I was a, a lit major, an English major when I was in college, and I was raised by an English teacher, so I loved classic literature. And so reading, I started, I don't remember how old I was when I started reading Jane Austen, who's the author of Pride and Prejudice, but I just love the tension between two people who you know are going to end up together and mm-hmm. kind of how they find that, but all the other characters and, you know, little mini stories along the way. And in the end, love wins out. And and I just again, I guess I have to admit I'm more of a romantic than I than I naturally it's all think coming I am. Out. It's I know. All coming out. That's all right. It's not She's a, bad, a romantic. Not a bad thing we to be. We change as we get older, right? Right. But the other thing is, is the summer that it was released on PBS, I had mono. And I was stuck at my parents' house with a newborn. And we watched it. Each evening when it was, because, you know, it was played in segments, yeah, yeah. you know, episodes, I guess is the right word. And I kid you not, I looked, I looked forward to it all day long. And so I always liked it, but then that secured it. It was kind of like my thing. That secured it. Well, what's the, what is, is what's better, the book or the movie? I will, 99% of the time I would say the book, but really? in that situation, I'm not sure I could pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've always been one of the, I like to read. And I don't ever, ever read storybooks. I will read like inspirational books. I'll read Like you would never books. read a, pick up a novel that was a story? No, I can't get into it. My mind is not that, like I don't, I can't, my, I guess maybe my imagination's not that great. Um, I get bored. I love reading books that I learn things from. Sure. Or, you know, how to be a better business owner or how to connect with people or these types of book, books, but... Uh, and I'm more of an audiobook guy now that that's kind of a thing. Isn't I love that amazing? Audio, I love audiobooks. I agree with you. Um, but I've heard people say like, oh, the book was so much better than the movie. I'm like, 
how is that possible? The book didn't have, uh, you know, a soundtrack and the book didn't have actors and the book didn't have visually appealing things. So I've always been like, even if it's a great book, I always like the movie. But I know sometimes the movie doesn't do the book justice. Well, but, but you're not reading books that are made into movies either. Yeah, that is so. true. That is true. So maybe if I actually sat down and read the whole book, I would think it was better. But Or read the book after you watch a movie and see what's missing in the movie or changed from the movie. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the books are always first, right? Yeah. And so... Yeah, I was just talking to Carl Mankey about this. I got my hair cut, and he was talking about one of his books got made into a movie last year. Oh, right, year. yeah. Um, and I was asking him, like, you know, because the book's like 300 pages, he said, but the movie's like an hour and 40 minutes. So I'm like, so did they take out the parts you would have wanted them to take out? And he's like, no, all they took out all the things I would have liked them to keep in because he kind of let them adapt it to right. a screenplay. But right. that would be a challenge as an author to, you know, sell the rights to your story and see it kind of get picked mm -hmm. apart and let somebody kind of have their own interpretation of it, but... Okay, so one last meal. You said... Again, probably really specific. Yeah, very specific. Blue cheese and crusted filet. That's off to a great start. With roasted asparagus. Excellent. Mixed green salad and almond cupcakes for dessert. Mm -hmm. Who made the almond cupcakes? Cupcakes and kisses. Okay, oh, yeah, those are yeah. very, very good, mm -hmm. yes. Okay, I can get on board with that whole meal. That's very, very good. I don't see anything on that thing that I would not also want to eat myself there. So good choice. I know what we're having for dinner when I come over okay. to your house. Um, number seven, if you had any, could have any job in the world, what would it be? Professional consultant working with individuals or groups focusing on communication skills, which we're going to talk about, leadership development, and organizational change. That's kind of like what you have now. It is. It is. Yeah, you get to do a lot of those things. I do. The one piece I miss most about my previous career, however, was the, the teaching piece, the mm -hmm. mentoring piece. Yeah. You know, I fought it for years. I changed my major probably seven times before I landed as an education major in my undergrad. Um, and I do get to mentor a lot, which is great, but to go in and work with an individual or a group of people who are just really ripe and ready to, to make changes either within themselves or within their organization, I mean, that's a whole different kind of energy to me. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I like this one here. Who would play you in Hollywood? I had no idea. Your husband says Sandra Bullock, in the, oh. just in the blind side. Yes, Sandra in Bullock the blind the, side. She was sassy in that movie. Sassy and like just tenacious, tenacious in yeah. sticking up for the, Michael, the character yeah. that she you know, befriended and it. adopted. I can see it. So it, it was that tenaciousness that he said made, me, made him think of that. Yeah, it's a good choice. Good job, husband. Um, okay, proudest moment or achievement? You said your two daughters. Yes. They're amazing human beings and two of my favorite people. They are. Talk about your daughters for a second. So my younger daughter... Um, is married and has the two our two little grandsons. Um, and Bernie Ivan and Leo are just my world, basically. And I've watched her grow, well, obviously her entire life. But at the age of two, I knew that she was destined to be an amazing mama just by how she played with her dolls. You know, you just get those gut feelings yep. sometimes as a parent. And it's just, I, I couldn't be prouder of the woman that she's grown to be. She's strong, but yet so tender. And she is a har so hardworking, uh, but fun-loving at the same time. And I just, when I watch her with her little boys, I just, I can't imagine that, that 
you know, th- this is my child yeah. as, as perfect as she seems in, especially in that role. And so I'm just super proud of the woman that she's become. Yeah. And my older daughter, um, you know, got a degree in criminal justice and then went to MSU law and she works here in the County in the prosecutor's office. And I remember when she was in elementary school, she said, mom, I want to be a lawyer. And I thought, okay, you know, what, what do you yeah. say when a fourth or fifth grader says <laughs> right. that to you? It'll change. But again, she's had that focus and she went to law school to be a prosecutor here in the county. And, you know, at her age, at 27, she's got her dream job and she loves it. And I just, again, the pride comes from not that outcome but everything I know she sacrificed and endured and went and the hard work that she's put in to get there. You know, one of those moments where you, you set this goal and then you do anything and everything you need to do. You, you accept support, you know, you, you keep your focus and you just work your tail off. And that's, that's what she did. And, and it's just so wonderful as a parent to watch your child find, find that kind of success. Absolutely. And it is professional, but to her, it's also personal. Sure. You know, I, I'm proud to say they both have my, my, um, my heart for giving back mm-hmm. and they do it in very different ways, but you know, putting bad guys away is a pretty clear, for sure, <laughs> clear way to do it. So, yeah. but I am, I'm, pr- I'm proud of, proud of the women that they've become. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, there's too many things on this earth that are more fulfilling than seeing your kids do well, seeing mm-hmm. them succeed at something, seeing them work hard towards something and achieving that. And seeing them just become good humans, you know. Absolutely. I think that parents should realize that probably the number one thing that you can do. Let me say it this way: what you're doing with these children, you're not just babysitting them. You're not just trying to get through 18 years. You're literally developing humans. Right. Like so, make them good. Make them good humans, and, right. and realize in their life, like. You just have them for this short time. And so make the most of it so that when they are out on their own, they're able to make good decisions, that they're able to understand compassion, that they're able to have good relationships, that they're able to be good parents and all of these things. And a lot of times parents, we, uh, we abdicate that responsibility and we live kind of our own thing outside of the focus of Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do with these kids. And so much of who we are as an adult is shaped by who our parents were right. or who our mentors were right. or who the people that stepped in our lives or the people that didn't step in in our lives. And so what a responsibility. And so I've always viewed you know, parenting as I'm not just trying to get them through, but I'm trying to help them become good adults, good citizens, good humans. Well, and I think that's one of the times in my life that you know, I was pretty reflective you know, as I was raising them and I became a single mom when they were both in middle school. And and, and it was okay, but I realized that I was relying on what I had seen my parents do, um, you know, how I saw them parent. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously, but right. thinking back to my own childhood and the experiences that they created and even the boundaries that they set, and it really was a great guide. And, and so I, I look at, you know, everybody says it takes a village and I look at my own immediate family and it did. Right. You know, it wasn't just me, but watching them grow into the adults, I knew that they that they 
could be or wanted to be. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's just really fulfilling. But going back to what I do now at the Y, creating opportunities for kids who may not have that that exact experience at home or who want more, mm -hmm. um, just to create some of those opportunities is yeah. is wonderful because kids can't have too much mentoring or or too much support or too much. Uh, engagement yeah. with people who have their the the kids' interest, right. uh, you know, in mind. So, well, you know, I've been trying to be more involved in city council the last six months and just being a part of that process. I never had been to a city council meeting mm -hmm. before, so you know, I talked to to Nick Pydek about mm -hmm. that, and Gordon Pennington is a guy that's always said, you know, it's important to be involved in these things. So I just determined I'm right. going to try to, you know, get a little more active on at least what's going on. I've gone to a couple meetings. My son. My oldest son at home, he's actually my second son, but he's the oldest one at home now. He asked if he could go with me. And I was like, sure, yeah, come sit down. And there was time for public comment. And he decided, like I'm sitting there just listening, and he decided to stand up and go get up and say something. And just listening to him talk from his heart. Mm -hmm. Not that he even necessarily articulated everything exactly right. He's 17 years old. Not that he even said everything the way I would have said it. But to hear him feel like this is something that I feel like I need to say in the right spirit and stand up in front of all those people and speak up and the bravery of that and, you know, the the gratitude in his heart, uh, it really touched me. And just to see, like, you know, sometimes you say things to your kids and you're like, I don't think they're even listening. These kids are not getting it. They are. But then you see them do something like that and you hear your voice coming out of them and you're like, they're listening. They're getting it. You have other parents come tell you like, hey, your kid did this for my son or my daughter, you know, didn't have their lunch today and they shared their lunch mm -hmm. with them. Just you hear those things and you're like, those are the moments where you're just like, okay, stay the course. Sometimes it's difficult being a parent sure. and like reiterating and sometimes it being the bad guy it feels like all you ever get to be um, and your kids even take the good things you're trying to do for them as the bad guy and it can be tiring and exhausting. But in those moments where you realize, man, these kids are getting it and they're going to become good people, good well, humans. And, and isn't that the ultimate goal yes. of parenting mm -hmm. is to raise people to be good members of society and to yeah. be happy? Yeah. Yep. I heard a, a sermon one time, a guy preached, he, this guy had 12 kids. Oh my it's goodness. Just, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Um, and uh, he preached this sermon called Getting to Where You'll Never Go. And he talked about this verse in the Bible that says... Uh, blessed is the man, or he said that children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Blessed is the man that has his quiver full of them. Mm -hmm. And it talked about the purpose of an arrow shooting it out and how he said, you have all these kids and they can do all these things in life that you could never do yourself. But if you train them up to be good people, mm -hmm. you know, your daughter's in law enforcement and that's something that you can't do yourself. Right. But you have this child that you raised and produced and now they're impacting this whole other segment of society. Right. Largely in part because of the things that you did for her. And um, so seeing that the ideas that giving these kids the, the, the help and the vision to become good people and go out and do great things, things that you could never do, it's really how you leave an impact on Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Okay. Last thing is <clears throat> one wish besides unlimited wishes. What oh. would you wish for? This kind of goes along with what we're talking about now. It says, wish that everybody could feel a sense of belonging as a part of a community who cares about and accepts each other. That could be pretty simple, right? Just It know, can be, but it isn't. It, it doesn't seem to be today. No, in I the agree. world we live in today, it seems like, you know, there's so much divisiveness. Absolutely. I remember a time not so long ago, 
um, I would say before Donald Trump, um, that not to get political, but where people could disagree on a topic and it was okay. Mm-hmm. I saw a post come up on my social media, uh, like a time hop thing. Yes. From like 2014 or so. And I made some statement that it was about, it was something political. I don't remember exactly what it was about. I try not to get too political on my social media because you can't have tone or text right, or anything. Right. It's always misconstrued what you're trying to say. But underneath in the comments was a lot of back and forth. There was people that agreed with what I said. There was people that disagreed with what I said. But it was such like friendly dialogue in the comments. Mm-hmm. Like nobody was hating on each other. Like people realized that's his opinion. This is my opinion. And there was like this. It was okay that we just disagreed and there wasn't like this animosity. Like right. it's okay that you have that opinion. Did you ever think about it like this? And, you know, I think, you know, several things have contributed maybe to that. Um, you know, social media being one of those sure. things. Um, but I think um, people trying to get a point across with words on a screen as opposed to looking somebody in the eye and right. trying to express their heart, uh, I think has forced people to take things out of context. I, I mentioned President Trump. I think that he, you know, was a very divisive individual, in my opinion. Um, and the way he carried himself um, created a lot of hot, and when I say hot, I mean temperature. It, cre- it created anything that uh, people would disagree on. It made it very, very hot. And so people decided to, now I got to choose a side. I got to pick a side. And then it just became like this, this thing. I don't know what it is. And so I feel like we've just lost that ability to disagree and still have good communication. I think you're right. And I think that to have a healthy community, it's just like a healthy relationship or a healthy organization. It's, you have to see that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. We need to support each other. We need to understand each other. And I think that the ability to have a conversation with somebody who may be not aligned with you philosophically, especially politically, mm-hmm. you know, I like to talk to people who don't think just like me because me I learn. Yes. And, and it helps me if I have to explain to you why I feel this way on issue A, then your questioning me mm-hmm. makes me make sure that that my opinion is sound. Right. That's that, a good that way. That I yeah. know what I'm talking about. And I think that that has gone out the window. Yeah. I think I think the picking sides piece has created this schism in our community, in our society, in our country, yeah. Yeah, that that has put us in a really unique time. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's especially important as kids spend most of their time, elementary, middle school, high school, even into college, spend so much of their time on a screen and not as much having dialogue or conversations face-to-face that we get back to some of those basics about how do you communicate effectively with other people. Right. And I think that until we can find a way to help kids learn and adults remember what it what it's like to have a conversation where I'm not out to prove you wrong, right? And you're not you're not just hearing because you're already formulating what you're thinking, but instead you're really listening so that you can ask me questions. 
and and we have a true dialogue mm-hmm. um, I think that it's the whole you know not setting out to prove that I'm right right is a big part of it well yeah listening to learn not listening to respond correct um, well and that's a communication basic yeah I think we all want to be heard. People say, I want to be heard. I want to be heard. And I think that's important. I think we need to surround ourselves with people that are willing to listen. Yes. Some people don't want to listen. And so sometimes you're, uh, you're, you're knocking on the wrong door, right? There are just people that just don't want to listen. I think it's important to try to extend that olive branch and try to have that conversation. There's some people that don't want to listen, but I think everybody wants to be heard, but I think the best way to be heard is like you alluded to earlier, is by listening well. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a topic or an issue or a, a philosophy or whatever and be adamant about something and have never even considered a thought about that issue that somebody might present to you. And at least whether you agree or not, you can then employ empathy. You're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Now I understand why they might think that right. or why they might believe that. And so now I don't hate that person because, oh, they think they don't like, they don't think like me. So they're my enemy. Right. It's okay. We disagree. If I want them to see things my way, I have to be able to address them from a, a point of understanding of where they're at, what their life experience was that brought them to that point and get them to the point where they can hear my point of view and why I think this way and what my philosophy is. And again, it may never result in the two people changing their minds, but it will result in a mutual respect Correct. and a love for one another that leads to a healthy community, that leads to healthy relationships, that leads to um, a civilization where we not just say, I'm not going to choose enemies, but we actually love and support each other amidst, uh, despite our beliefs and, and disagreements. Well, and I think, and you and I have had this conversation before, Tony, I think that it's important to know in the biggest picture, even if I'm having a conversation with somebody who I know doesn't agree with me on this topic, I can respect them enough to agree to disagree. But if push came to shove and I were to ask them, well, what do you want for our community? People aren't going to say, well, I don't want kids to be successful. I don't want kids to have access to this. I want our seniors to be ignored. Nobody's going to say that. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can, can remember that, if we just look beyond ourself there you go to the greater community we can find that common ground and oh my gosh can you imagine the strength in a community where community leaders and community volunteers were all in that same field together right. because we have these shared wishes and hopes for our community mm-hmm. okay well let's put some action to that uh, you know how you vote is your is is your private yeah. um, opinion. Yep. You know what you do in your private time, as long as it's not harming somebody else, is your own choice. But when you when if we can agree to disagree on some of that, yep. and focus instead on what it means to have a healthy community where we look out for each other and where we, we take agree. care of each other, and those who have can help lift up those who may not have as much or have anything. I mean, that's a community that can raise healthy, well-adjusted, happy kids. And that to me is our ultimate goal. Absolutely. I think you've said that extremely well. And and I would say 
in my experience, and I talk to a lot of people, not just on this podcast, but I am a people person. You are. I love talking to people and getting to know them and understand them. And and I would say that 99% of people that I have met agree on far more than they disagree Absolutely. On. And that's why I go back to saying like the, the political temperature, uh, you know, between uh, the highest level of our country and the media and the back and forth and just the 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 shots fired, you know, just so like nasty right. back and forth both ways. It caused people to feel like they had to choose a side or else. And I think <clears throat> I'm a believer in what you believe in. You stand up for it. You don't be ashamed of it. You be proud of it. You speak out when you need to in the right tone, employing empathy, understanding that there's other people that aren't going to understand your point right. of view. And so try right. to speak to them. Um, don't be so focused on being right. Be so focused on, you know, being understood. And so, like you said earlier, listening helps you uh, determine if you even know why you believe it enough. Sometimes we believe things because that's how we were raised or that's how it just how it is. And right. And sometimes you got to challenge your own thinking. Sure. Well, why of do I think that way? Why do I believe that? Yeah, I can see but that this. doesn't happen if you're not talking to people exactly. who don't agree with you. And so so if, think, you, if you surround yourself with, you know, yes, people is not the right phrase, but if you surround pe yourself with people who, who, you know, think the way you think. Echo chamber. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and we've just become so volatile Yeah. and, it's not about being right. It's about community members caring about each other. I think it's not about being right. It's about doing right, right? Absolutely. Do right and, yeah. and be good to people. Um, and, you know, this is one of the things I, I love about the Bible, and I won't get too religious on this, but, you know, the Bible is a teacher of love your neighbor, do right to others, don't defraud, don't cheat, don't steal, don't kill, don't murder, take care of the poor, take care of the needy, put others before yourself. I mean, those are great principles that, the Bible teaches. Now, it right. doesn't mean that all Bible believers act that way or do those things. Uh, and that's part of the issue, too, is some of the people that are the most adamant about what's right, right, right. don't behave in that way. I just posted on Facebook yesterday. I had I pulled out from Gilbert's yesterday and looked in my rear mirror, didn't see anybody coming, <clears throat> pulled out, and there was a car that was switching lanes. And like, I guess they felt like I pulled out in front of them. And they honk, and then she just flips me the bird. And on the back of her window is a Jesus loves you with the cross. And I'm like, these seem to be conflicting messages here. Like, you know, and why do people behave that way? Number one, like, how are you so angry that you got to, you know, right. flip the bird? I've never understood that one. But then that's your message. But it happens. It and, happens. And you know what? It makes me really sad that... 2020 was such a hard year for everybody. Yeah. For we were sure. all isolated. You know, parents were thrown into an environment with kids at home that they weren't prepared for. Nope. And, you know, the the what's going on in our world fear. And I think people get worn down. Mm -hmm. They don't have the resilience they had. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like now towards the end of 2022, mine's coming back. Mm -hmm. But I know if I am feeling and have felt in the last two years, some intolerance, some frustration with my fellow humans. And I'm, you know, the word that my mom uses is Pollyanna. I get it from her. Um, but, you know, somebody who is as optimistic and hopeful as I am feels mm -hmm. that way. I, th I, th I just think we need to give each other a little more grace. But the balance is 
doing that while at the same time trying to ensure that we're having those much needed conversations where we're not at each other's throats. That's the thing. I, I, I say, you know, even in my own business here, you know, 99% of conflict that you have in a, in a company can be resolved with a conversation. Absolutely. I mean, you're getting two people in the room together and okay, he said this and she said this, let's talk about, and then we realize, oh, that was a misunderstanding. Correct. That happens most of the time. Right. People aren't willing to just have the conversation. They'd right. rather take offense quickly or give offense quickly. Um, and so I think if there's someone out there that you have an issue with, and I'm sure there is, go have a conversation with them. No, I agree. Reach out. Ask if if you know you could sit down and learn them and or learn what they're about and understand their point of view. And it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily believe like them. Right. Maybe you will. Well, but I think part of the challenge too is in this digital age where we spend time on screens and behind screens mm -hmm. that what was intuitive to some of us in terms of conflict management, it's now out the window. Right. Because we're not talking face to face. You know, I, I it, my daughters aren't that old, but I don't envy parents trying to help their kids learn to navigate a digital world because, mm -hmm. you know, mean mean girls and, and mean boys is a real thing. Yep. They can hide behind a screen and board warriors. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that, you know, for me, it goes back to helping youth learn how to communicate face to face, how to be a listener, how to have an honest diplomatic dialogue, diplomatic meaning not seeking to be right, you know, a dialogue with somebody who may or may not agree with you. Mm -hmm. And we actually, we just got a grant from YUSA called, uh, it's a civic health grant. And that's the exact focus mm -hmm. is to really have the resources available to offer programming to kids, to help them learn how to have a conversation with somebody who may not agree with them and how to really listen to understand, not, you know, not to shoot back. Yeah, so, we're, we're losing that in our yes, country. I mean, absolutely you know, we are. When I worked in hotels, probably 90% of the people that I interviewed were kids coming right out of high school. Mm -hmm. You know, kids between the age of 18 and 25. And it was amazing to me how few of them, number one, knew how to dress for an interview or act in an interview. That's, that's a whole other story. That's something we should be probably yeah, yeah. teaching in yeah. our schools. But had no ability or even understood the importance of looking you in the eye, mm -hmm. having a conversation, answering questions, mm -hmm. um, and they don't know how to communicate. And I know you have a background in this. Communications is what you did and what you've done, um, speech and communication, <laughs> um, so important. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's that we're not teaching it well. I, I have opinions about social digital media, which, which we'll talk about, um, but, um, I certainly think we're losing good communication in our society. And so what do you think, what if, from your opinion, what is some of the reasoning behind that? Well, I think people believe in the bluster, you know, I have to have a really strong opinion. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have a really strong opinion about it, it means I'm not informed or I'm not intelligent. People need to be confident in themselves enough to say, you know what? I'm not sure how I feel about that. Right. Because we don't hear that anymore. Right. Everybody has an opinion about everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't have an opinion about everything. I don't know. I don't know enough to have an opinion about everything. Right. And right. so, but I'm confident enough that if you asked me something 
and I didn't know enough about it, I'll say, well, I'm not sure. Tell me more. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a grown woman and who has a background in some of this stuff. I, I mean, I know, I know what I need to do to, to figure out what I don't know. Right. And so I think it's important to recognize that we need to help kids be confident um, because it's, it, it takes a lot of courage to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between fact and opinion. Sometimes your opinion is, there is just, yeah, exactly. Right. Sometimes your opinion is just that it's your opinion and you're entitled to it and you can have it and you can defend it. But when you defend your opinion as fact, when it's not necessarily fact, that's where we go wrong. Correct. And that's where I think, you know, we talked earlier about social media texting. I think, you know, when someone sends you a text, you, you don't get the facial expression. You don't get tone. You know, I could say, how are you doing? Or I, I could say, what are you doing? Right. I could say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I could say, what are you doing? It's the same, the same thing, Correct. three different facial expressions, body language, and they, right. all, they all communicate something differently. And you don't get that with text. No. So sometimes people text something or put something on social media and you read it way out of context of what they meant by it. And right. It creates this like firestorm of response and defense. I, you know, I, I watch some of that on social media and I always, I just have to click away. You know, but it's, it's pretty clear that naturally as a human, we want more of, of the facial expressions because look at the number of hits a video will get versus yeah. just a post. Right. And, and so I think People that are craving it. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I think we are. And, and again, you know, I see the highs and lows of being isolated at home with just my husband right. back in 2020. Um, but one of the things I did miss was the, the you know, the, everybody did the interaction with other people right. and you just don't pick up on it. You know, even the verbal is better than nothing. Absolutely. But when all you have are words in front of you, yeah, it's just, it's not enough. It's tough. It's not enough. So I think it's extremely important that, you know, those of you listening, you know, have that communication, take mm-hmm. someone out to coffee, sit down with them, learn, get to know them, get to understand them. Um, you know, someone that believes differently than you is, is not necessarily the enemy. Now there is such a thing as an enemy. There is such a thing as that person that is so far out there and would espouse something so wrong that I'm not going to associate with that person. You know, like somebody that would believe that it's okay to kill somebody. We're, we're not going to come to a common sure, ground on that. Sure. You know? So there are issues, but those but are extreme. So very few. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, yes, they're so very few. So have that conversation, communicate, um, and look someone in the eye and get to know to understand them. And I wanted to talk about this for a second because you used to teach this. I did when I was at the college. And you used to rate people on I their did. communication skills. So I want you live on my podcast. This is like episode, I think, 90-something or late 80-something. I don't know exactly. I've been doing this for a couple years. I feel like each year I get a little bit better, but still so so much room to grow. And I like to learn. So I want you to rate me on my communication skills, and I want you to be honest. Well, I actually <laughs> knew you were going to ask me to do this, so I brought yes. a rubric. Okay, a rubric. A rubric. You know what a rubric what is, is, right? I don't. Oh, I so. Don't. I would, <laughs> that's true. I would do a Christian school. <laughs> okay, well, to keep grading fair, okay. which is one of the things that actually, one of the things I loved back when I worked at Baker College is I helped professionals who would come in from their field of expertise to teach college classes, I used to help them learn some of the basics of what it meant to be a good teacher. I don't, I don't know how well it worked. I, I mean, I saw some that were great and some that, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
had a little bit more to learn, but which is the case in any time anybody learns sure. a new skill. So one of the things you have to realize is you have to grade fairly. You can't just go on your opinion. Okay. Right. Okay. Someone has either met. <laughs> Although I do want to know your opinion. Well, I, <laughs> also, you, you know me well enough to know I will give you my opinion. You shared some with me yesterday. So. But <laughs> that was just about your articulation. Yes. The key to having a rubric or a guide is that you're evaluating everybody based on the same metrics. And so, you know, in terms of, I'm not going to go through all of these, but in terms of if you're, if you're presenting, you're not talking just to hear yourself talk. You're always talking because you, you have an audience, right? Whether it's an audience of a million, an audience of 4,000 or an audience of one. Mm -hmm. So one thing is you have to re you have to know your audience to know what they're interested in, uh, how they like to communicate, you know, what communication channel would work best. You know, sometimes now, uh, I know sometimes, depending on the topic, a text is better, is more well received sure. than a phone call. So what channel do you want to use? All of that hinges on knowing your audience. And I would say for you that you know your audience really well. So I, I would I would give you all the stars there. Oh, good. good. Yes. Off to a good start. Well, but part of it too is think of what you just said. You love to talk to people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're out and about in the community. You are a people person. You know, I don't think that anyone would ever say that Tony Nash is an introvert. No. So, no, <laughs> definitely not. And so I think that you do know your audience. The other thing that, that I always enjoy about talking with you is that you are animated. And so your facial expressions, your eye contact, you know, just your overall demeanor of how you present yourself is, I think, it enhances what you're saying. You know, sometimes when I used to teach the dreaded speech class and, and I'd get people in who were maybe bashful, who just weren't comfortable being the center of attention, right. because whether it's two minutes or five minutes for that time, you're literally on stage and you are the center of attention. And I would comment that they would need to gesture more, you know, just kind of talk with their hands a little bit to emphasize things. And then all of a sudden they'd start you know, throwing their hands out and I'd be yeah. like, oh, I didn't, out of place. <laughs> I didn't explain that very clearly. So I think, you know, your demeanor enhances, your natural demeanor enhances what you're saying. The biggest thing with communicating and that I used to enjoy evaluating students on was how they formulated their thoughts and how they actually presented their message. It, and a lot of times they would do research. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I'm not gonna, I can't evaluate you on that. But sure. I think having a point and backing up that point is something that for civic discourse yeah. or having those conversations, I think is really important. You can very clearly articulate your opinion um, or your idea or your point, you know, whatever label you want to give it. But then you always have examples. Mm -hmm. you, you're able to back it up so that I understand if you say that social media has negatively impacted our youth. I can understand from your perspective why. Mm -hmm. And so really the only thing that, and I know I, I teach you about it, is that, again, I don't know how you can be a mumbler and a fast talker at the same time, <laughs> but you are. Yes. So that's, that's, that's the only constructive criticism I would have based on our experiences doing this and just general conversation. Yeah, I've been told mumbler before. Um, not so much a fast talker, although I can see it, but I'll listen back and I'll hear myself like, like, cut half the word off like i, I didn't even say That's that comes from speaking I didn't quickly say that full word yeah but yeah i have to learn to slow down a little bit you know i always tell myself i'm going to do a 30 minute podcast and i don't think i've done it one time yet uh, uh, yeah we're an hour 15 in this one it doesn't even feel like it right we'll have we're a just, 10 30 meeting so. yeah we'll just we're just having fun 
So sometimes maybe I'm talking fast inadvertently trying to get through it all. Well, but, but the other thing I know about you is you get excited and the more excited I you do. get, the faster you naturally talk. Yeah. So. Well, I loved speech class in college. It was my favorite class. I hated it. I, I had, I remember my first speech that I, my first uh, assignment was, had to give a two minute introductory speech. So two minutes just introducing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I took that as an opportunity to introduce myself to the world, you know, to my class. And so I did like an eight minute uh, <laughs> stand up comedy routine basically on my life story. And, and it got a lot of laughs. So my teacher was like, that was very entertaining, but you went six minutes over. And there was born the No Easy Way Out podcast, 30 minute goal, and hour and a half later, here yeah, we still yeah, yeah, are. Yeah. So, um, so let me kind of bring it all down to this. You know, we talk about communication and why it's important, why it's important to have those, um, those conversations. But what would you recommend to those that listening, to those listening to the podcast from Laura Archer? I've said this a lot in my podcast, so I want to hear from you. What would you recommend to the people in our community that are listening that, you know, even in our own community, there's some divisiveness. Sure, right now. of course. There's people that are upset about certain things happening. And um, what would you recommend that those people in our community do to open the doors of communication or to let the people around know that they're open to that? I think it's important for people to ask, why do you think that? Oh, tell me more. To seek more information. Mm -hmm. if, they, if, they think, if they think that the conversation is going to end up with you know, like if you and I are having a conversation and we're going to end up on opposite sides, the goal is not to be on opposite sides. The goal is to find that middle ground where we understand each other. But you can't do that if you're not listening to understand, again, to use your phrase. So I would encourage individuals to be very intentional and ask, why do you think that? Or, you know, I don't understand it that way. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. it, but I think you need to be willing to share maybe not in the exact words I don't agree, but by saying, that's not how I understand it, tell me more. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to recognize that it has to be done in a civil way where we're being kind to each other. Mm -hmm. and, and it can, I mean, I have those conversations all the time. So I think it's important that people are intentional and in right. seeking out information that might not be you know, what they would lead with. Yeah, before you label someone as the enemy, and again, there is a time where somebody could be labeled as the enemy. Sure. That exists. Right. There are people that I might say that person is my enemy, but I know that only comes after I have had multiple attempts of trying to reach out, understand, learn, and realize like that person is just diametrically opposed to me and what I'm about, and they're not going to have this conversation with me. Um, and so when I say enemy, I guess I wouldn't consider them like, you know, I'm not going to battle with them. Right. But it's just someone that we're not going to get there. But I don't get there unless I know I've made every attempt to well, learn, understand, and, and have empathy. But it's important to recognize you don't get there because one or both parties are not ready to get there. Sure. And so, Always leave the door open. Don't well, burn and, the bridge. And, you know, it's a sense of vulnerability. If, if I admit I don't know something, I'm making myself vulnerable. Yeah. And that's an uncomfortable situation, I think, for some people. So it takes a lot of courage. We need a lot more courage in our community yeah. to for people to be able to speak their own truth, but also to be able to listen to other people's truth. Because somewhere in the middle is where it's going to help our community. Is the actual truth, right? Correct. Exactly. <laughs> the truth. Exactly. Well, Laura, thank you so much for sharing these things. I think it was a, a good conversation about conversation. Always. Good communication about communication. Uh, and you're welcome to come on the show anytime. We'll have to make this like an annual thing. Sure. Because we still haven't got it all out yet. But no. there's more to talk about. Got a long way to go. But we have to end the show with our favorite segment or our, our viewers' favorite segment is the Whisper Challenge. 
And this will be a good test in my enunciation skills here. <sighs> but you've seen this, right? I have, yes. We put the headphones this on. This is the part that makes me laugh, like laugh the out most, loud when yes. I watch your podcast. So our yeah. guys over here got, uh, you know, they got the headphones. They got some phrases that we're going to have to say to okay. each other. I'm really, really bad at this. I'm good at guessing. I can read the lips, but I'm really good at, I'm really bad at okay. enunciating what I'm trying to say. So you guys got some, uh, you got music going already? And no. <laughs> all right so i'm first all right let's go with <clears throat> ready three words three words river boat cruise <laughs> i can actually hear the music okay river boat river boat cruise hey she got it you're good at reading the lips holy cow I was not expecting the music to be that loud. You're good at reading the lips. All right, here we go. Little ACDC. Two words. Two words. Sandra Bullock. Day trip. Not even close. Day, day trip. No. Sandra. <laughs> I can only hear the words. <laughs> All right, start over, start over. Sandra. Day trip. <laughs> it must not be day trip. <laughs> no. Sandra Bullock. Bully, something bully. Bullock. Bully. Sandra Bullock. Day trip. Sandra Bullock. That's an S. Yes. It's an S. Okay. Sandra. Say, say no to bullying. <laughs> I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm trying to put I it know. all together. Sandra S San Bullock. Sa Sandra. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I thought I'm like trying to think of what ACDC song has I Day Trip in it. <laughs> well, no, I just, I thought you were saying Day Trip, so I thought it had to be that's about right. the honeymoon. No. The Day no. Trip to the River Boat. Oh, this is a good one. Are we good? Mm -hmm. All right. Two words. Two words. <clears throat> Purple rain. Purple rain. Hey. Oh, that was the song. Can you hear it? That's what I drew. Purple rain. Literally, he was singing Purple Rain when you mouthed it. Purple so it was super rain, easy. Purple rain. Oh. All right. One last time here to see who's the winner. Katy Perry. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Two words. Two words. Focus. I'm sorry. Focus. Okay. I got that. Okay. Camp Shiawassee. First word. First word. Camp. Camp. Amp. Amp. Camp. Damp. Keep going. Da damp. Camp. Damp. Mm -mm. No, it's not damp. Mm -mm. Camp. Amp. Close. Second word. Okay. Shiawassee. Shiawassee. Camp Shiawassee. There you go. <laughs> uh, I had to catch myself because I wanted to give you a C. Yes. But I it was good that you, you just moved. Do no, you want a bonus round? Sure. Do a bonus round. 
better at this than most. Alright. <laughs> I don't even know this song. I can hear it though. Alright. Two words. Two words. <clears throat> Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Hey, she she can really read the lips. She can really read the lips. See, all of you who've been on my show before, I'm not that bad of a enunciator. Oh, I'm not sure I would say that. But she is a pro. She's a pro. She's been doing this a while. Oh, I grabbed the wrong card. This is a hard one. I just get the music going in my head and I can't focus. Well, I don't think I knew that last song. I I I um Definitely would have been diagnosed with ADD if that was a thing when I was growing up. Oh, Eye of the Tiger. Two words. My time. Two words. Okay, sorry. Focus. I get focus. I know. Colin Firth. College. Baker Colin. College. Firth. Firth. College. Firth. Colin Firth. College first. College first. Colin. Khaled. Khaled? This is a DJ Khaled card? I don't even know what word you're saying. College. Okay. Okay. Colin, start over. Colin. It really sounds like you're saying Khaled. Colin. Oh, no. Colin. 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 Colin first. Thank you. It looked like you were saying Khaled. And here well, I at am first get, I thought getting louder first. and louder. Like you I know these me. guys make it about something we talked about. Yeah. So we talked about Baker College. Yep. So I'm like, okay, yep. college first, but I didn't get it. But That's all right. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for Thanks. being on our little show here. Normally you would say it in 60, but you've already done that. We yep. already know all that stuff. So you can go look it up on the last episode. So before we go, why don't you look at that camera and let our audience know where they can find you, where they can find the Y, if they want to get involved with the programs, how they can get sure. the information. So Shiawassee Family YMCA is at 515 West Main Street here in Owasso. Our phone number is 989-725-8136. You can find us on Facebook, Shiawassee Family YMCA, or online at www.shiawasseeymca.org. You've done that before. I have. That's a great a plug. Few times. One of the best plugs we've seen on the show. Well, thanks again for being here. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks for always having a great conversation. Yes, it's I always appreciate a, it. Always a pleasure. We'll have to do it again soon, away from the mic. Yes, All right. for sure. Have some uh, blue cheese encrusted filet. Oh my gosh, Sounds love it. Sounds good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, have a Merry Christmas, Tony. You too, Merry Christmas, and thank you for joining us. Make sure that you are having that communication over the Christmas holiday. Yes. That friend or family that's coming to your house who you know, you diametrically are opposed on some issues, have a good conversation with them. Do it in your home, do it in your family, do it in your church, do it in your community. I promise you, it will make for better relationships and a better overall community. And that's what we have to do to exist with one another. So, as my mother always said, you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great, my friends. And don't take the easy way out. We'll see you next time.